Hey everybody, this is Tina again with Good Nurse, Bad Nurse, and by the time you hear this, you will have already heard our episode from Nurse Blake, so I have some really exciting news that I've been waiting to tell you until I had this episode with Jessica. So you guys will remember a couple of, I don't know, maybe a little over a year ago, Nurse Jessica Seitz from, she's really popular on Facebook, but now she's just pretty much everywhere hilarious nurse that came on and graced us. Uh, It was such an amazing episode. She is back today. Hello, Jessica. So glad to have you. Thank you. Glad to be here again. Yes, it's so much fun. And I, I don't even know why I let so much time go before I asked you to come back because it was a, an amazing episode. And I feel like we need to do a lot more because it, it's so much fun. You're so much fun. Your videos are hilarious. So for you guys that don't know, Nurse Jessica Seitz is on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Well, yeah, that, that um, well, I'm getting there. More Facebook. And Instagram. More Facebook and Instagram. I'll get there on the TikTok. I'm getting there slowly. The really um, amazing thing is Nurse Blake, as you guys will, if you've listened to the whole episode, which for you people that jump off after the true crime story, shame on you. I mean, really, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but seriously, at the end of the episode, he actually offered... For me to perform, actually, to record an episode of Good Nurse, Bad Nurse on the cruise ship next year. So, like, for NurseCon, the, I know, the actual, on the cruise, I will be doing an episode of Good Nurse, Bad Nurse live. We'll record it and then release it. But to be doing it in front of a live audience, awesome. uh, immediately, my brain was just like, um, who am I going to do this with? And I, Jessica was the first person I thought of. I, I have to have somebody animated, somebody absolutely not afraid to be in front of people that's just, you know, all out, just funny. And I, first person that came to my mind. So Jessica, I appreciate you so much for agreeing to do that. You guys, if you haven't, if there's any tickets left, you really need to to go get a ticket to NurseCon at sea next year. It's going to be so much fun. I'm s- I cannot wait. Well, I just want to say thank you for asking me first of all because I was floored that you thought of me, <laughs> but secondly, I want to say congratulations on reaching your 1 million million, right? Yeah. Download? Yes. Yeah, that's big. That's big time. But yeah. So, I mean, kudos to you. That's amazing. And um I I'm thrilled. I'm excited. I'm I'm all ready for the cruise. Let's go. I need to start working on my bikini body. I don't know. <laughs> Me too. I'm so glad we have start a year. The diet <laughs> I'm the same. Yes. I'm, with COVID, I'm just I've just had no motivation whatsoever to even care. So now I'm just like, oh, I'm glad I've got a year to think about to, to be, you know, changing up a few of my habits. So I'm excited about it. It's gonna be so much fun. And uh if you guys Yes. If there are tickets available, and I don't know that there are, but there were a few left as of a couple of weeks ago. Right. So hopefully there are tickets available and you guys can jump in there. I would love so to nurse, meet nurse you guys. Con at Right. Yes. Nurse Con at Sea. Yes. And it's going to be great. I mean, it's just the perfect opportunity. They have like a little monthly thing. If you guys, you know, can't afford to maybe just like pay the whole thing, you can pay by the month. And uh, by the time it, you know, next year gets around, have it paid off and it's going to be, it's going to be hysterical. (laughs) I can't wait. I think it's going to be fun. I really do. We'll have to come up with some good stories to do for sure. And we've got some great stories today. We've got a good, uh, interesting 
the uh, Badner story that it's, it's from back in the day where well, this was from the 1800s. So uh, usually if we want it to be maybe just a little bit on the lighter side, I like to go back a couple of hundred years or 150 years or so, uh, because even though the subject matter is dark and I will do a trigger warning for that because it does involve children, babies, and a woman who was absolutely appalling. So just kind of keep that in mind, uh, even though it was uh, back in the day, it's still, it's a difficult one to stomach when you really stop and think about what she did. And then our Goodner story, though, is our Goodner story is I really, really, really want you guys to stick around and listen to this because it's something that I want everybody to get on board with to to back this nurse because this is something she's going through right now. And I I want to I want to get behind her. I don't it's an injustice that is ridiculous and I would love to I don't ask people to do this a lot really on our podcast, but I would love for us to get behind her and support her because what she's going through is unimaginable and it goes against everything that we stand for here all of the sto- different stories and things that we've talked about here on this podcast you'll know what I'm talking about when we get to the story but please you guys stick around and listen to that because I, I really want to yeah. see you try to, to back her up and support her for what she's going through and then we have our new not necessarily nursing news segment that we're going to do and that is where we, of course, read an article that's satire. It is meant to be funny. It's sort of a joke article. And then it sort of spawns. I can't wait for that one. (laughs) It it has to do with ABGYN. That should be good. (laughs) It's it's funny. That's all. Yeah, that's all I've heard. I'm excited. Yeah, (laughs) it's funny. I'm really excited about it. So we'll read the article and then Jessica and I will talk about that. And so you guys stick around for the whole thing. Before we get started with the show, so I guess we can get started on our this Badner story. Well, this is a doozy. This is a, the story of Amelia Dyer. So Amelia Dyer, we're actually going to go all the way across the, the big pond and to the UK, to England. Before you get into it, I just want to say I don't like her name already. Amelia Dyer, mm-hmm. like it just the, the Dyer part sounds disturbing. It is disturbing. It's it's her married name, but it's so foreshadowing. <laughs> Dark? Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, I'll have to hear the rest of the story, but yes. dire sounds like dire straight. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Just a thought. I know. I agree. It's it's sometimes people's names, it's weird how it, they just sort of correlate with like thing, events and things that happen in their lives. It's so strange. Yeah. Well, she was born the youngest of five. She... Um, she had, a, a, I mean, it was a relatively benign childhood at first. It wasn't horrible. This, In this uh, time period, in the late 1800s, this was, this was a time uh, period where there was a lot of poverty. Um, and so it was just, it was a difficult time for everyone. But she learned to read and write. Uh, she developed a love of literature and poetry, and this is that's not something that if if you were poverty stricken stricken and had a difficult childhood that you probably would have had that experience. So it it sh- it probably wasn't absolutely horrible in that sense, but she she did have some things that you know that happened. She had a couple of siblings that died, which you know that really unfortunately wasn't that common uncommon at this time. You know for right yeah right. Things got really rocky, though, when her mother started behaving erratically and abusive because of having typhus. So apparently she was responsible for taking care of her mom and her mom 
pretty much just kind of paid her back with being abusive because she was as you know, if any of you guys that have had to deal with patients who you're trying to care for who are suffering from a, a disease process that would cause, you know, encephalopathy, right? like liver failure, or maybe H2H, H2H abuse, or I don't know, there's lots of things that can cause even a, a stroke. Or even Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's. patients. Mm-hmm. I mean, anybody, yeah, could cause a lot of mental confusion. For yeah. Sure. So that's what she was dealing with um, as a, an older child. So that was definitely a difficult childhood. But as I've said before, on this podcast, it you guys know I'm not, I'm not too shy about talking about the fact that I didn't have the, the best up, you know, upbringing in my childhood, you know, was, was not that great. And uh, I don't really like it when people excuse other people for bad things that they do based on the fact that they had a difficult childhood. That's insulting to me because I choose to try to be good to other people and try to, to do better to others than what I, you know, what I experienced. I want to make the world a better place. So, and I think, honestly, I've, I've met a lot of people like myself who had have had difficult childhoods. And the thing is, I think that you hear about the people who do bad things more frequently. You hear those things. They're in the media. And so you auto, people automatically assume, oh, difficult childhood, you must, it's, oh, you're probably not a good person. That's not true. They're always looking. They're looking for a reason. Mm-hmm. They're always looking for a reason. Right. When somebody does something bad, they want to be able to attach it to something right. like, well, there's got to, something has to have happened mm-hmm. to make them do this or be this kind of person. And um, a lot of times it's sometimes just people do bad things yeah. and it's not necessarily that they're had a rough upbringing or, or, or whatever, mm-hmm. but a lot of people stay good people, even though they had a rough childhood or whatever. So. I agree with you. It's not it's not a fair association. Yeah, and we don't just give them a pass just because they haven't had something happen to them in right. their childhood. It's just I don't I don't like doing that. Right. But after marrying George, she did get married though. She was pretty young. I don't know exactly her age, but she was she said on her marriage certificate that she was 6 years young, younger than she, or 6 years older than she actually was, and George was 59 and said he, that he was a lot younger than he was. So it's like they both lied to sort of sort of meet in the middle <laughs> somewhere. Oh my god, this sounds like a Tinder date. I know. <laughs> sounds like sounds like some people trying to Doesn't hook it up. Though? Like the young person is like yeah. I'm really older and the older person is like I'm really younger and you're so you're both 30. Right. That's just perfect. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> After marrying him, she trained as a nurse, but eventually her husband passed away and she needed to find a way to make money fast. So she meets this midwife by the name of Ellen Dane. And this midwife, Ellen Dane, kind of showed her an easier way to earn a living using her home, own home to provide lodgings for young women who had conceived illegitimately. And I hate that word because, I mean, it, this is in the 1800s. So this is their, these are their words. Okay. So you guys, uh, please don't send me emails. I, I trust me. I know it's, <laughs> they're not illegitimate children, right. but whatever. Right. Exactly. They're just children. Yeah. They're just children. It's okay. Mm-hmm. But back in this time, in Victorian, uh, in this Victorian period, it was definitely frowned upon. Unmarried mothers, unwed mothers, uh, women who were pregnant, who, who were who were not married, absolutely the outcasts of society. This is this is the the reality right. of you know what they were living in. So because of that, can you imagine though? Feel can you imagine feeling like that? Like no. 
in that time period, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I can imagine uh, society's come a long way yeah. in, in regards to a young mother or an unwed mother getting pregnant. But imagine back then, like them saying like, um, it's like, what were they going to do? Yeah. They would have felt like they would have gotten kicked out of their home or been or been homeless like it was just not that was not okay it's bad I, enough. I can't even imagine how these you know even when I was young so I had my uh oldest son when I was 18 I wasn't married and so I I experienced this on a totally different level wait you had you had an illegitimate child I certainly did it was an illegitimate <laughs> and so that's why I hate that word so much I know it's awful have you ever seen this movie called the bastard out of Ch- out of Carolina no she all she wanted her mother was absolutely determined that she was going to have her birth certificate her daughter's birth certificate destroyed because she did not want her considered a bastard because she was born out of quote wedlock it was just craziness but yeah that's a really good movie if you haven't seen it you guys it's a movie from uh, i don't know it's probably 20 years old but such a good movie trust me you should go watch it if you haven't seen it it's an excellent movie but it it sort of made me, I remember just watching it and just thinking, wow, this is so crazy that people are that worried about what right. people think of them. But it, the pressure it puts on people, the society, you know, that society, everywhere you go, people are like, oh, you have a son. Oh, how old is he? How long have you been married? And I still deal with this to this day at work. I will be at work and people will, my my patients and my fam- the family members will be asking me questions. And if they are older, a lot older than me, I have this thing in me that's a little hesitant to be like, I've been married 25 years. Oh, how old are your children? <laughs> you know, because right, my right. oldest son is older. And you're, than- <laughs> like, you're like 20, 24. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, it's like a Tinder date right. like she did. Right. You start fudging the numbers. Love it. And I, I just, I, I don't, I... I would rather just not get into it. I just would rather just look at them and say, I would prefer not to answer these questions because it's none of your business. But people ask these questions. That's just, they just do. Yes. And they're not trying to be mean or rude. They're just trying to make conversation and they don't even think that it would be something awkward. But they're just creating this situation. And so for someone like me, it's yeah. always just like, do I just t- say the truth and move on? Or do I create this tension and this awkward situation? And I've honestly, I'm to a point in my life where I just, I just, I'm not embarrassed about who I am or where I came from. I'm really not. And so if you ask me a question, I'll just answer it. I'm not going to, I'm sorry if, if you're ignorant to the point that you don't understand that people are, have different life experiences than you and whatever. So I feel like this whole thing hits kind of it hits home with me you know thinking about these women unmarried mother during this time period where I can't even even the situation that I have been in I can't imagine how difficult this must have been for these women I mean just impossible situations and then you have a woman like Amelia Dyer and this other woman who's teaching her her ways who come along and they take advantage of these women because they're like oh Mm -hmm. Oh, I have a home for you. And so there is a practice that was started that was known as baby farming. And it sounds absolutely atrocious. And it is it is as awful and horrible as it sounds. It is just disgusting. It's, a, it's, just, it's sickening. I don't like it. Baby farming. Yeah. Just 
I mean, farming is is a necessary thing, but I don't think we need to do it with babies. Right. We're not trying to. It just sounds horrible, that term. It sounds terrible. I, I think that back then, whether it was the media that coined this phrase or who whoever it was, but I feel like whoever it was wanted it to sound awful because it was awful. And they and if you if you say it almost any other way, it can sound like an orphanage. It can sound like because oh, where they're bringing in uh, women who are unwed mothers and they're giving them a place to stay, and then helping them find a home for their babies. Like you could word it that way. That is not what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah, the fact that so there was not only was there this societal issue where people looked down on unwed mothers, they also had enacted in 1834 this uh, law that had removed any financial obligation from the fathers of illegitimate children. So women absolutely had no recourse. I mean. Can you imagine today? Nobody would get married. Mm-mm. I mean, would yeah. none of these men, they'd be like, hey, I can have babies all day long and I don't have to pay for them. Right. Can you imagine that's No I, accountability. Nuts. No accountability whatsoever. Yeah. So it basically was a stat like this, that baby farming, it was un, uh, unregulated adoption proceedings. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely invited abuse and misuse for sure. There was definitely a financial incentive for the people who were participating in this, like Amelia Dyer. If mothers wanted to foster a child, they would pay an upfront fee mm-hmm. and then depending on the service, a weekly fee. So for adoptions, the mother would often pay a one-time fee. Amelia okay. paid, placed her first ad at the age of 31 in 1869. And this was what it said. It said, adoption, apartments for a lady during confinement, every comfort and attention, child may be adopted. So she set up a discreet boarding house where unmarried women could give birth out of the public view. In 1872, the Infant Life Protection Act was passed, and Amelia is in breach of that because she hasn't registered as a caregiver. So then... Oh, boy. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. I know. She remarried to a man by the name of William Dyer. They had two children, Polly and William Samuel. And it's not exactly clear when, but at some point, she realized that it was easier and more profitable to let the children die from neglect and starvation than actually going through the whole process, you know, of adopting the children out. It's I, I like how this transition goes. I know. At some point mm-hmm. she just she just I don't know. She just said, hey, right. You know what sounds good? We'll just let them die. It like, sounds I, so flippant. I, I just and just Yeah, like I I can't meet my okay, electric bill, obviously. Right. I don't know if she had an electric bill back then. I'm not sure when there was lighting, but she's <laughs> like, I can't meet my electric bill. So I think I'll just cut out the formula and milk and stuff yeah. and just starve them. That's awful. That's I awful. I can't imagine. I, it's it's really difficult to even in this day and age where and 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 with her being the most atrocious horrible person in the world how in the world do you let a baby just starve it? I don't know. I don't know how anyone can be like that. But in August of 1879, police arrested her because they were suspicious uh-huh. of the number of children that were dying while in her care. So at this point, there wasn't enough evidence of murder 
So they sent it to six months hard labor for negligence, just since so many had passed away. That's not much. That's not a lot. Six months of of hard labor. Right. Yeah. So apparently it wasn't long enough for her to not want to go back to that because she returned to baby farming and she would go in and out of asylums to allow suspicion to die down and then would move her family. So she had a way of moving around to that way. Nobody would know because if, if you move around, this is before obviously the day age of the internet and combined resources where, you know, systems would, would, could communicate. We, like I said, we barely have that in this day and age where actual law enforcement agencies communicate with each other across state lines and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. So you can imagine how easy it would be for her to just move and go somewhere else. I just want to interject quickly. And I know that this is a podcast and it's uh, we're listening. But if you guys have a chance after you've listened to this to go and Google this woman's photo, because I just felt the need to do this right now. Uh, it, she's scary looking, <laughs> like seriously. Like I, I'm frightened right now. Like I feel like this is. I mean, she looks like she'd beat the something out of you. I, I, I she kind of looks sorry, like a Tina, ghost. <laughs> as I'm talking to you, I was like, I want to see what this woman looks like, mm-hmm. and I was like, I was taken aback uh-huh. for a minute. She's, who yeah. God, I, I don't know if I want to mess with Amelia. Amelia's very scary looking. I mean, that yeah, you cannot possibly all of the makeup in the world could not make someone look scarier than that woman. Can you imagine wanting to pose for a photo like that? I think I'm going to make this face look right. like that. I mean, I wish y'all, I wish y'all could You can't even look that. You, you cannot even look like that. Like she looks so evil. Like there's just this absolute emptiness in her eyes. Like there's just Now listen, if these people are driving in their car listening to you right now, <laughs> please don't Google no, her at the moment. No, wait till okay? you get to work. No, wait till you get home. <laughs> do not Google her, but please do it later. Yeah. Oh, it's, it, it's bad. It's, it's a good picture. It's yeah. really bad. <laughs> so, Go ahead, Tina. Sorry, that was a side note. No, I it's had true. To, I had to it's absolutely yeah, true. She's so creepy looking. So mm-hmm. she also, during this time, became addicted to laudanum, which is a combination of opium and alcohol. She also used that drug to drug the babies so that they wouldn't cry. And and I would imagine that that probably made it easier, really, for her to do that if she just sort of kept them knocked out. Oh, gosh, right. it's just hard to think about. But many of the babies that she, oh. she killed within days of taking them from their parents' care, she would use white dressmaker's tape to strangle the baby and then wrap them in paper and dump them into the river. Oh, God, it's just... Hard to imagine somebody being so cold, just so cold, callous. That's awful. Yeah. Yeah. It was a slow, painful death for these babies. Ugh. The babies that she didn't murder were cared for by a woman by the name of Jane Smith. They would call her Granny Smith, that Amelia found in working in a workhouse. She was 70 years old and described by historians as naive and vulnerable. So it's not really known how much she knew about what was going on. She was just taking care of the babies. She, you know, just like a sweet old woman taking yeah. care of babies. Maybe she, maybe she loved them. She just mm-hmm. thought she was doing her part, helping out. Yeah, and it kept her from having to work in the workhouse at seventy years old. You know. Oh God, I don't blame her. I'd be snuggling babies mm-hmm. all day. Sure. Yeah. 
Well, in January of 1896, Granny Smith went to the National Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Children to report her concerns, and they paid the house on 45 Kensington Road a visit there in Reading, which is where this happened. They found a very sickly infant that warranted concern and decided to follow up with them. So on March... 30th of 1896 a bargeman found one of the bodies wrapped in paper and get this jessica this is i swear i know that this podcast didn't exist back in the day for her to have heard all of my advice to people who were thinking about doing something stupid and illegal but you don't have to who has to tell someone not to wrap a body in paper with your address because that is exactly what happened the the paper that she used to wrap this body had her literal address on it what kind of paper is this that has her address is this like some elongated roll like i know gift wrap i mean you think about it and you're like what what was she using like unless it i i I don't know i can't even imagine paper i don't i just don't know I, something that something that tied mm-hmm. it somehow, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's not the smartest thing to do. Right. I mean, I've watched a lot of criminal documentaries, and that's like criminal one hundred and one. Mm-hmm. You don't you put your well back then there was no fingerprints, but at least don't like don't post your photo or your address on the dead children. So but God, that sounds awful. It's just disgusting. I know. And Ugh. what I tell people, I I. I a lot of times, because we come across things like this all the time, week in, week out. I've been doing this for three years now. Week in and week out, I come across the most ridiculous things that people do committing crimes. And what I try to tell people is if I'm not trying to give advice to somebody to try to help a would-be criminal, what I'm trying to do is to tell you don't commit crimes because you're going to get caught. These people yep. get caught. We Look at the material that I have. I have endless endless stories from people, medical professionals that have done horrible things. And it's because they've been caught. Otherwise, I wouldn't have the material. So you guys, just if you're thinking about some of these people are extremely intelligent. So if they can't do something and get away with it, don't assume that you can't. And the reason is that people are People, for one thing, get kind of lazy. They get they get sort of comfortable doing what they're doing. Well, I mean, she had put hundreds of babies in the yep. river up mm-hmm. until then, just sending them on down the river right. and nothing happened to her. So she probably found some paper mm-hmm. and just was just like, well, nobody cares about what's in the river. Right. I'm going to wrap it. I'm going to wrap it up in this. And exactly. Well, there, there you go, Amelia. You're you're uh, Amelia Dyer. You're going down. Yeah. So, and that's what yeah. generally happens is you get sloppy and you know, even if you're, if it's the first time you've done it and you think, oh, I'm being very careful, I'm planning it out, you're in this heightened state. You've got adrenaline pumping through your veins and it right. causes you to not be able to think about everything and not be able to think every single thing through. You're going to forget something. You're going to miss something. Don't do it, please. If you're ever thinking of doing something ridiculous and crazy, and, and, uh, and I say this because I re- honestly just trying to save some innocent person from. <laughs> from being victimized but don't do it you're gonna get caught you're gonna get caught i don't care how careful you are how much you plan it out so in april of 1896 the police set up a fake adoption sting and when all was agreed they raided the home there was only one infant at the home they found cupboards of clothes letters to and from mothers receipts from pawnbrokers for babies clothes and supplies she sold to them newspaper ads So April 4th, Amelia was arrested. Her daughter, Polly, 
So by this time, her daughter was an adult and she's been doing this. This is how long she's been doing this. Remember, she'd had oh the baby, God. Polly. Yeah. Right. Now, Polly is an adult and she's married. And Polly is also charged with murder. And Polly's husband, Arthur Palmer, was charged as an accessory. Later on, he was released because they didn't have any evidence that he was ac- that he actually participated. Mm-hmm. They dredged the river and found a further six bodies, all of mm-hmm. them similar uh, stories. Authorities had enough evidence that tied Amelia to at least 12 murdered babies and proof wow. that hundreds more had been in her care at one point. Experts placed the actual number of victims at closer to, oh my gosh, 400. 400. Yeah. I mean, she attempted to say she had inherited madness from her mother, but her brother testified that their mother never had mental illness. I mean, I think it was historically accept it's 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 accepted that she did have her mother had typhus and that she was abusive, but it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. That doesn't matter. You don't justify act, act doing this. There's no way. There's there's no justification for this. The jury only no, deliberated. Yeah, awful. the jury deliberated less than five minutes before delivering a guilty verdict. Wow, I like that jury. It's like, <laughs> wham, bam, thank you, They're ma'am. Like, I don't I, need anything yeah. else. Yeah, exactly, exactly. On June tenth, eighteen ninety six, Amelia Dyer was executed, and the quote is on account of her weight and the softness of the textures. Rather, a short drop was given. It proved to be quite sufficient. So, what they were injected? Is that what you're saying? Back then, it was an injection. A short, short drop. Mm. I'm, I, I think. I'm trying that, to. Uh, I think she was probably hanged. Or a short, a short drop off a bridge. Right. Oh, hanging. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. I'm like, uh, what? Are we, yeah. What are we saying here? Because she's okay. like, oh. yeah. Okay. I get it now. God, that's so vivid. Okay. I'm right. sorry. I brought that up. <laughs> oh Lord. God. Okay. This is going to be cut out. Oh Lord in heaven. Okay. Sorry, Tina. Oh, I, I, I was, I'm thinking like a, I'm thinking like an IV drip, but may, maybe they didn't do that back then. A short drop. I get it now. All right. Uh, she was. Oh Lord. Yeah, she was small. I guess. Okay, um, I, I understand now. So let's change the subject. <laughs> moving right along. So. Yeah, that was that was vivid. Okay, sorry, people. Um, baby farming continued, but there was a registry of adoption created by local councils. They were given more extraordinary powers to check on check in on children. I still don't understand why they allowed this practice to happen. But to, uh, a couple of years later, Polly and Arthur were arrested for abandoning a baby in an alley wrapped in brown paper, but was still alive. So evidently, they just picked up the family business and were, you know, continuing the practice because wow, that's wonderful. It's probably the only way they need to make money. It's crazy. Wow, that was a deep story. No, very deep. Crazy. Oh. I feel like I need to take a shower. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> it was really bad. God. I know. It's awful. 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 <sighs> I want to get this good nurse story out here because this is a, I think, an absolute injustice that has happened with this woman back in March of 2020. There was a nurse by the name of Tracy McCarter. So March 2nd is when this happened. She was in her Upper West Side apartment when her estranged husband, James Murray, rang her buzzer and demanded to be let in. So they had separated almost a year before in July of 2019 after her husband had repeatedly assaulted her. Now, incidentally, and I don't know how this plays into it, 
or whether it matters or whatever. But in this day and age of racial tension and all of the things, who knows whether it could play a part in someone's psyche, whether they it's intentional or not. But her ex-husband, James Murray, is white. Tracy McCarter is black. And so just to, just to kind of get that out there, that that's just part of the story. So they had separated. Apparently, Murray, James Murray, her ex-husband, had repeatedly assaulted her, kicking, striking, choking her, that sort of thing. By the end of their separation, he had been in and out of rehab five times, and both his drinking and violence had escalated. Um, she, That's not good. That doesn't right. sound like a good background right there. We've done enough stories on this podcast of things like this happening uh, we literally have done stories about all highlighting all of the women that are murdered every year right bec- at the hands of um, another man who quote loved them and so i just this absolutely infuriates me this story yeah because she said i could not continue to put myself at risk and she separated from him so according to court documents her ex-husband Murray was drunk when he asked to be let in, claiming he locked himself. I'm gonna be a, yeah. I'm gonna be a devil's advocate right there mm-hmm. for just a minute. God bless her. She probably is used to being mentally abused. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it didn't take much for him to say, let me in. Right. But God, if anybody could just be strong enough yeah. to just if she could have just said, No, and that's I'm not thing. letting you in. And that's but thing. he probably he probably had a mental hold yes. on her. And that's what happens to these women is that they, they're like, it, they just can't. It's like, they, they feel like they're, they're less than mm-hmm. like, it, okay, I have to let him in. Like, you know, but it's like, God, if, if she could have just uh, found the will within herself to say, no, I'm not letting you in. And they tr- but that, they it, know that takes person, a long time mm-hmm. to get there. They know that's this person sure. and they don't, I, I feel like they don't, they always feel like, it's not going to happen to them, you know, they, they, or there's, or there's good in them. Maybe yeah. they're doing better. Maybe right. they're, we've been separated. Maybe he's turning around. And but. he's giving her the sob story. He's saying, I locked myself out of my Airbnb apartment. True. I don't True. have my wallet. Um, yep. Where am I going to stay? And that's what abusers do. They work on them, you know, on, on your psyche. They, yep. they try, try to make you feel guilty. Mm-hmm. So he worked his way in. Once inside of her apartment, she says he demanded money to buy more alcohol, and then he attacked her. So she Mm -hmm. defended herself. And in the process of defending herself, she stabbed him once in the chest. So McCarter, Tracy McCarter, who is a nurse, was studying for a master's degree at Columbia University. She called 911. She immediately began administering first aid. When police Mm -hmm. arrived, they arrested her. Murray, her ex-husband, died a short time later. So the following day, Tracy McCarter, the 44-year-old woman, appeared in arraignment court. The Office of District Attorney Cy Vance Jr. requested that she be held without bail, arguing that even though she had been employed full-time at Wheel Cornell since 2014, she had previously worked as a traveling nurse and had family in Texas, making her a flight risk. Those travel nurses are crazy. They're just all over the place. So, I mean, I'm just saying, who cares? Like, I mean, I, 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 I don't know. I feel like the question that this was 
self-defense and a history of domestic abuse. And like, she called 911 and she's yeah. And she not it was she was you said administering CPR. Right. She was trying to save him. Yes. But I OK, this judge was a little harsh. Um, but so what happened after that? Tina? Well, the pandemic had not fully hit New York City in April. She had another bail hearing. Despite the city's dire need for medical staff, the hospital's confirmation that it was holding her job and McCarter's offer to wear an electronic monitor, a judge once again ordered that she remain at Rikers without bail. <laughs> Unbelievable. If she if she could wear an electronic monitor, how is she going to bolt? Like, uh, that, how would she be a flight risk? That doesn't make sense to me. Uh, it but. doesn't. It doesn't. So shortly after the pandemic stopped court proceedings, including all the grand jury hearings, McCarter was held in an 11 by 6 foot cell, though she had yet to be indicted. And this is all from Gothamist.com. It's where I'm getting this article from. It's on okay. several different sites, including change.org where there's a petition for her and we'll get to that in just a second i just wanted to kind of say where i was reading this from because i'm just kind of reading the article i don't want to miss any of the important details right so she remained at rikers for the past six months this was back this article was written back in september of 2020 Hmm. so during that time, both New York City and its island jail complex have seen explosions in COVID cases. McCarter has been fortunate to escape contracting COVID, but she chafed at being unable to utilize her nursing skills during the pandemic. She said, you just feel so helpless. You know, one more person would make a difference. It's crazy that she's thinking about that during this time. She is what she's being put through. And she's actually thinking, oh, I wish I could be out there helping. Yeah, she probably feels helpless. Like, She's doing nothing like she's just Mm -hmm. sitting there where she could be back in her normal life and during a pandemic and at least help and and make things maybe better for some people. Exactly. So while she's while she's at Rikers, she did put her nurses training to use. She was teaching other women how to properly sterilize shared surfaces such as phones. At the same time, she noted that the Department of Correction had stemming. Department of Correction made stemming the spread of virus difficult. In the pandemic's early days, officials removed hand sanitizer from the clinic. Detained people were initially issued one disposable mask for the entirety of their incarceration. Now, wow. now they can trade their masks for new ones. This was as of September. Wait, that that sounds like nurses. Oh, oh yeah, sorry. it's the same thing. I mean, the same yeah. thing happened you, everywhere. Here's, here's your one mask for the entirety yes. of your Exactly. It's exactly right. Uh some staff, at this time, some staffs weren't even wearing masks over their mouths and noses and some like both. And then some weren't wearing them at all. This was in September of last year. We're really vulnerable population and don't have the power to say, don't come near me without a mask, McCarter said. No one on her housing unit became visibly ill, though several women later tested positive for antibodies. As of September 3rd, correctional staff report no positive cases among people currently detained though 262 had tested positive earlier during their incarceration. And there's a really amazing picture here of her family. And it, it just breaks my heart to think this is because when I went, I've, I've known about the story for a while and I kept thinking, surely there'll be some updates about this and we can kind of know a little bit more about the story. And there's nothing. And I'm just like, is she still? So that's why I wanted to talk about this publicly. I wanted to just go ahead and get this out there and be talking about this because if this woman is still in prison in jail awaiting some type of justice i it is it blows my mind and i just want everyone to do everything they possibly can to send a message 
to the anyone in authority there in that area. And one thing is the petition that they have on change.org. And the petition that you can sign, it's just change.org and you can just go there and I think it's hashtag stand with Tracy McCarter that you can find okay. you can sign it. But I mean, I would just say at a, at a, at a minimum, okay, that they feel like maybe there's enough evidence to convict this woman, which I don't think there is, mm-hmm. but at a minimum, do we need to keep her a I mean, I don't know if she's had prior offenses. I'm not sure about that, but I'm saying at, at a minimum, can we at least let her out of, of prison or jail or wherever she's at? And um, I mean, there's a lot of murderers that it's their first offense and they're able to get bailed out of jail. It, it happens all the time. And it's like, you would think with this being a possible or probably a domestic dispute, why, why, why are they forcing her to stay there? That's a question that um, boggles my mind. I don't, it's, I don't get it. It's not a murder case. It's a, it is a domestic violence case. There's no one is arguing that. And it's, it's really hard to understand why they would but they're charging necessary. her with murder. Right. They're char- they are charging her with second degree murder. She's defending There's- herself. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. She said, yeah. and this is what she, something that she said. She said, I can't help but wonder if I were white and Jim were black, if I would be here. She said, it's like I'm being punished because I tried to help. And I, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, 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 I see why she would be wondering that. I, I definitely see why she would be wondering that. But the, the thing is, God bless her poor thing. She probably feels so lonely. I just can't imagine. Mm -hmm. I really, really can't even imagine how this poor woman feels. If anyone has any information about this case, because I wasn't able to find any updates on it, just if you could just reach out to me and let me know, because it's really bothered me for a while. And I would love to know what's going on with it. Dude, I I may try to contact her. Yeah, that would be great. Not that it. Not that I know people in the jail. Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Mm-hmm. But I do. I do know how to contact somebody in the jail or prison system. Yeah. Especially with coronavirus, everything's done um, via video or text messaging. So there is ways to contact people. And this poor woman, she probably needs to know she has support. Yes. So yeah. Well, I support her for sure. And um, and I, I just I would like to get the word out there for people to get behind her anyway, any way that yes. we possibly can. I agree. Thank you all so much for sticking around for our new nursing news segment. Not Necessarily Nursing News is brought to you by Live Well Health. They understand that health insurance as a nurse is complicated, especially if you're a travel nurse or working PRN. Just go to goodnursebadnurse.com today and click the Live Well Health link to let them show you all your options for health insurance and find a plan catered to your needs and budget. That's goodnursebadnurse.com and click the Live Well Health link. So I guess that kind of brings us to our not necessarily nursing news segment. You guys, as you know, we've started this new segment. It's sort of a, just a fun way to end the show with some satire. So it's so, it's supposed to be funny. We read a, little, read a little article that's supposed to be funny. It's a joke. It's not serious. I have to say that definitively <laughs> under, under no circumstances. Is this true? Because it, sometimes they come across, they sound very realistic. So I just want people to know. It's a joke. Yes, but yes, um, so. <laughs> but it can kind of may, spawn may, some. Uh, maybe maybe your message this morning should have said that a little clearer, <laughs> Tina. Well, we'll get into that. I know it's funny. So yeah, the art. The title of this article is "Habit." I guess OBGYNs accidentally swabbing vaginas for COVID nineteen. <laughs> Sorry. 
I need to laugh for a minute. It's, it's funny. I know me too. After all this dark, uh, this dark I, stuff. Okay. Before Tina gets into it, let's <laughs> just say this morning, I haven't had my coffee and I'm getting this, you know, this end article that we, we may cover. And I see this and I didn't really pay attention to what she had said. And I'm like, good God in heaven. My husband's an OBGYN. So I thought, I, I mean, seriously, like, so I said to him, I'm like, honey, do you, do you know, I'm like trying to get the sleep out of my eye. I'm like, do you know that this is what OBs are doing? So they get hand the swab and instead of doing this, they're swabbing their <laughs> Nina. And he's like, that's bull. Not he's like, possible. that is not happening. <laughs> yeah. And what, what his response was, and this is what's even funnier. He's like, the nurses would be the ones swabbing them, not us. I'm like, <laughs> freaking figures. I'm like, seriously? And he, he immediately goes, that has to be a joke. And then I'm like, okay, where is this source? Like, I'm getting all angry. I'm like, where, where is this coming from? And then I realized that it was a, it was a satire. Yeah, this is, this, like, is, <laughs> this is, this is an, uh, you guys know I'm a fan of Gomer blog. This is an article from Gomer blog. It's by Dr. 99. They, they never have like true, like real people on uh, for their authors, but I like to give them their credit anyway. But the, this says the novel coronavirus hasn't even peaked and emergency room personnel are already <laughs> overwhelmed. In an act of goodwill, everyone is pitching in, including area OBGYNs. Unfortunately, they're doing it all wrong. They're swabbing vaginas <laughs> for COVID-19. According to current guidelines, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention recommends collecting and testing upper respiratory specimens, i.e. nasopharyngeal swab. It's hard to break habits, I guess. I'm not used to being around the head neck area, said OBGYN Dr. Ella Jarrett of Atlanta Medical Center, who swabbed nine vaginas before she realized the error in her ways. Once I got the swab, I was immediately performing pelvics and swabbing the cervix. The good news is the patient is negative for COVID-19. The bad news is she has a rip-roaring case of bacterial vaginosis. <laughs> I was curious why I was being put into stirrups, said the 34 I love this part. I love this part. I <laughs> I was, they just told me to strip down and get in stirrups. I don't know why, I love but I thought, I thought maybe this is a new testing. I don't, I don't know. Like maybe this is really how coronavirus is passing. People are having too much sex and, and they're just passing the virus around. And isn't it just yeah. so true that people would do this like too, like patients, would. patients would totally do this. He, Wait, can you imagine you're at a CVS drive through getting, getting COVID swabbed? And they're like, excuse me, ma'am, I'm going to need you to put your nine up on the window. Oh, okay. okay. Well, hold on a second. People just let do just whatever sh- you tell them to do. Let me just shimmy down my <laughs> pants here. And- What's funny yeah. is it says, I was curious why I was being put into stirrups, said 34-year-old <laughs> male patient Jeffrey Watts. <laughs> oh, that's even better. Maybe he got a rectal swab, or I don't know. Oh, God in heaven, poor Jeffrey. He presented horrible. He presented with fevers, sore throat, cough, shortness of breath, and myalgias. He denied any vaginal discharge. (laughs) No worries. I spoke up, and ultimately, they swabbed my throat, and nothing, and and not anything down there. Watts tested positive for influenza A. COVID nineteen was negative. (laughs) That's a great story. Whoever came up with that humor satire is pretty, that's pretty funny. In other news, yeah, gastroenterologists like have been reminded to stop swabbing patients' rectums for COVID-19. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Yeah. Well, they need to just quit. They need to quit volunteering in the ER. That's yeah. all I got to say. I know. I saw all these different specialties trying to help out. We do. We have seen that in the hospital where people, you know, from especially from some of the specialties where some of these elective procedures are not being done. So some of the, some people don't have as much work to do. So they're like, hey, I'm a nurse. I can come and help. And they're they're there to try to help. And I appreciate them so much. But this is just sort of a little funny way to, to laugh. Funny. And I it's did funny. want to kind of talk a little bit about, because there was an article that came out uh, from MIT that, uh, or a study that came out from MIT that actually is showing that kind of casting some doubt on the six foot rule. Um, and it's actually saying that if you're inside, there's no difference between six, from six feet or 60 feet. Like, there's literally, if you're indoors, because it's been... But what, if, what about zero to six feet? Yeah. <laughs> I guess that matters still. But as far as... So at least stay away six feet. See, that's the part I didn't get about this uh, yeah. study. I'm like, shouldn't we just say that nothing matters? Right. Like zero, zero to 60 feet? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm analyzing it too much. What Go they're ahead, saying is Dana. that the six foot rule might have made some sense back when we thought the coronavirus was being spread primarily via large droplets. That's what they were saying all along. And now that we know it's actually spread more aerosol based, there are other factors that are more significant in determining transmissions that this study that from MIT found. And that includes time spent inside, mask status and air filtration in the room, not to mention more recent developments like the prevalence of certain new variants of the virus and whether people in the room are vaccinated and whether people are singing this uh, science oriented among you can, uh, can go read the whole story. There's a link from here from this article. No, no more happy birthday celebrations yeah, happening. Right. Quit singing. Quit singing to your loved ones, people. I know, but it's so funny. But well, here's the thing. I mean, it's funny, funny to think about, you know, we can laugh about it and everything. One thing that I thought about, there, so it is different. It's it's aerosol based now. It's aerosol. It's transmitted through the air. That's different than anything right. that we've, you know, known before. I kind of got frustrated this morning because I saw where Joe Rogan, a po- like the most famous podcaster ever, has millions and millions of followers, mm-hmm. literally came out and said that if you were a young, healthy person, he would not recommend that you get the vaccine. And I was just like, why would Joe, who's Joe Rogan? Oh. He literally, wasn't he the host of Fear Factor? Like what medical background? He was, he, he was. I, re- I remember that. I do remember that. I yeah, that that was really probably when once I saw that I was like I really want to address this and th- this is the thing I had just oh. had this conversation with my twenty two year old because he was saying well why do I have to get the vaccine and and at first you know if I say something like well because you it's to for the community for other people like, you it's herd immunity you want every as many people as possible to get the vaccine. So that you're protecting everyone. And he was like, but if someone chooses not to get the vaccine, that's their fault. And so if they don't have it and they're, you know, at risk, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I'm not having this conversation. Are you serious? Okay, let's put it this way. If if most people, the majority of people 
that can get the vaccine will just go get the vaccine, Mm -hmm. we will probably be able to get out of this pandemic a lot sooner. How about we make it for all you selfish people that all you care about is yourself? We will be able to get out of this mess a lot sooner if everybody, including young people, because you guys, even if you're not susceptible to, even if you think that you can't die, but you can, but if you think you can't and you're not going to worry about it, this will go on forever if people, if everybody doesn't try to go get vaccinated. It's just going to keep right, going. Be- right. It needs to just be eradicated. Yes. Just get it, get it out of here. Yeah. And that that's exactly what needs to be done. Right. Just like, you got to think about it like polio or uh, measles, mumps, exactly. rubella. I don't know. All of it. Just, it's eventually going to be one of those vaccines that is just like like the flu vaccine mm-hmm. like re- you know you really should get it right i mean you don't want to get sick but it's like you can get the flu and okay yes people die from the flu but there's i would say a lot more people dying from this virus than the you see what i'm saying like it's just like it's one of those things i think that people like joe that rogan you just need- just get it. They're saying they're the what they're they're thinking is if you are young, the chances of you dying from COVID from COVID are very very low, and that's mm-hmm. true. You're more likely to get killed in a car accident. You're more likely to get struggling. Whatever you want to say, absolutely true. But do you forget the idea that you would actually care about other people in society? Forget it. Uh, let's assume you don't. If Right. Do you ever want to go to concerts again? Do you ever want to have public gatherings? Do you ever want to have to not wear masks in public? Do you ever want to have a norm, some sort I of do. normal? Yeah. Then everybody. I want to go to a country concert. Yeah. And have a beer. Right. And you just want to have some fun. Get out and do things. Have conventions. Not stop all these Zoom meetings yes. and be able to actually go somewhere. You are never. We are never going to get to that point because what happens? The Young people will get it, not even know they have it, and keep spreading it and spreading it. Pass it. And we'll just keep, it's just perpetuated. And then also those, that virus will, as it spreads, it mutates and it gets worse. It can get worse and worse and worse. And it could All the variants. Yep, exactly. There could be a variant that comes along that actually can get people who are in their 20s and, you know. Might take out the youngins. You don't know. Get rid of it right. before it happens. I so it's I seriously. Don't, I don't. I don't. I haven't even come on my pod. I did. I didn't even go on my pod. I, I understand that my reach for my podcast is insignificant and a drop in the ocean compared to Joe Rogan. But it absolutely infuriated me that he would have that he has the responsibility that he has. He has that that the listenership that he has, and he would go on there and say something so irresponsible. I just I, it infuriated me when I saw that. I just thought you could have just kept your mouth shut. You don't have to say that. Why don't go there? Yeah. Don't go there. I mean, come on. Exactly. At least I, I, I don't know. I mean, I know everybody's going to do what they want to do. Right. Um, but I, I, I think that you're right in saying let's just get it behind us. Yeah. Let's just move on and get it behind yeah. us. And it, it is what it is. I, I, I got my shots. I can tell you that. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to get it, and I don't want to pass it on to anybody. So. Yeah. It is what it is, same I guess. Same here. Same here. I, I also, All right. I so let's go back to vagina swabbing. <laughs> I know, because that's oh, so, so much funnier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I liked that story a lot. Can we have one night where it's just all all funny satires one night? That would be I would great. love that. Me too. We just need to pull out a bunch of these. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We'll it. be like, it's not good nurse, bad nurse. It's all just 
funny nurse. Just funny tonight. nurse, yeah. funny nurse. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, funny nurse. Yeah, exactly. Funny nurse, funny nurse. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, you guys... That's that wraps it up for another episode of Good Nurse, Bad Nurse. Jessica's gonna, you're gonna hear some more from her. She's gonna be coming on regularly. So you can get used to hearing her because she's gonna be on the cruise and it's gonna be so much fun. I'm so excited. <laughs> Jessica, remind yeah. them where they can find you. I'm excited too. Okay, so you can find me. Everything is at Nurse Jessica Sites. So uh, Facebook at Nurse Jessica Sites, Instagram at Nurse Jessica Sites, TikTok at Nurse Jessica Sites. Um, YouTube nurse Jessica sites. Um, so it's all, it's all there. Follow me, check me out. I would love it. It would mean a lot to me. So we'll have some fun together and maybe join the cruise. So I can meet you on the cruise. That'd be a blast. Yay. Thank you. people. Thanks for listening to me tonight. <laughs> And you know, you can find me at goodnursebadnurse.com or you can, if you need to email me, you can email me at Tina at goodnursebadnurse. We're on Instagram at goodnursebadnurse and on GMB or uh, Twitter and Facebook at GMB and podcast. And I also want to remind you guys, even if you're a bad girl or a bad boy, be a good nurse. Yes.